Good evening, everyone. This is Tala with Drive Through Therapy. Thank you guys so much for joining me tonight on another episode. And as always, I'm grateful for your support. Thank you for all the continued shares and the contributions that you guys have been making with the emails. I appreciate that. You know, I'm not this podcast that gets a lot of emails and gets bombarded, but the ones I do get, I'm just so appreciative of and grateful. Just lets me know that you guys are still out there <laughs> and uh, are riding with me on this journey. Um, but tonight is about something that I think I've been reflecting on for some time. And I recently heard it while I was watching something and I'm like, well, I, I think I need to look more into it. And I put this talk with you tonight together to really address the difference between a connection and an attachment. But before we begin with all that, I want to kind of tell you, as I always want to, the history of how we learn to attach to people. And I might have talked about this in prior episodes, but it's okay. We can always review. It's a nice refresher for all of us humans. We attach or learn to attach with our primary caregivers. That could be with a parent or anybody that may have acted as one to us. And depending on that parent, their ability to parent, to nurture, to meet emotional needs, as well as physical needs uh, for the child, that's really how we're going to develop what we attach to. Now, this is early on in life. And we might continue to collect ways that we attach and reinforce ways that we attach and build on that and keep building on that. Uh, but it's, I would say our attachment solidifies at one point, I would say somewhere around, hmm, uh, our twenties. Because I think anything after that, uh, you're really just replaying or reenacting whatever you've learned to reenact as a way to self-preserve growing up, as a way to get love, to get attention, to get affection. Because we we've learned we've learned a lot of things, right? And uh, we've we, we had to survive whatever it is we had to survive. So it makes sense that somewhere along the line, we 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 kind of keep doing the same thing to survive, even though we might not need it anymore. And that's when you're going to start seeing and understanding, hopefully at that point, uh, that something ain't working. Something is not working. I keep repeating the same issue in every relationship that I attach to. So we all have to understand that we all come with baggage. We all come with baggage that we have to eventually somewhere later on, hopefully the sooner the better, but later on uh, in the 30s, and I would say sometimes 40s, even at 50, we want to start understanding our lessons on love. How do we love? How do we give love? How do we receive love? We somewhere, somewhere in our 20s or even in first significant relationship, maybe second, sometimes third, we'll start hopefully learning that there is a difference between me maintaining an illusion 
that I call love. That's, that's what I would have called love, you know, early on is just the illusion I had about love, how it looked like, what it should have looked like, things I would have gathered seeing other people around me, but also gathered through media, through film and, and, um, literature, perhaps whatever I collected, whatever ideal I may have collected an illusion I've been living about love. You know, for example, if I was waiting for someone to save me, if I was broken and I am broken until I meet the right person and then I'm healed, you know, whatever theory or ideal that we would have had developed, that's the illusion I'm, I'm, I'm referring to. What we want to see is enough heartbreak that goes into our life that we start breaking down this illusion. We want to be able to break down this illusion. We don't want to keep living this illusion. We all, to some extent, have it. An illusion about what we think love is. This has to be looked at. If we're honest with ourselves, we... uh We'll look at our past. We'll see what hasn't worked. Maybe expectations we had about love uh, that weren't met and that eventually we had to alter to fit reality. Sometimes we don't alter that. Again, it becomes a problem because let's say I'm in a relationship that continues to be toxic, but I don't want to see the toxic part. I want to see the potential of that relationship. Well, then I'm stuck. I'm wanting my illusion to play out. I want to live in that illusion. I'm not willing to let it go. I'm not willing to let it go. So I will remain in a toxic relationship, even if it hurts. I hope this makes sense so far because Nobody's exempt from this. We all do it to certain variations, certain intensities, but we'll do it. We'll do it. So we start to figure out that hopefully we get an awakening of some kind that two people, <laughs> two unhappy people, right? Unhappy people with unresolved baggage coming together trying to make each other happy will never, never work. Two unhappy people will get into that relationship and what's going to end up happening is they're going to manifest the unhappiness. Now, at first, <laughs> it starts with the illusion, right? Everybody wants to play a role and it's fancy, but we don't have the consistent or the consistency in our characteristics to maintain that illusion for that other person, right? So I want to be what that person wants, but I don't have the skills to maintain it. And eventually it kind of pops up in that relationship. And we deep down inside know and have seen the red flags in the beginning of the relationship, but we never actually admit it. So the point of heartbreak really is for us to take a look at our own wounding, to and at that moment, redefine what love means. What does it mean in my world, in my mind, in my psyche? What does it mean to give love? And what does it mean to receive love? Right? And if there's anything off balance here, I need to acknowledge it. For example, if I give a lot of love and expect, and expect very little, then I need to look at that. I need to identify that within myself. That's just only one example. 
But doing the shadow work really is pretty important in this area. Identifying all the constructs of my illusions and breaking them down, really understanding what illusion I've created about love, what I've been trying to make it live up to, or even force my partner or force love to be, right? I'm, I'm, I'm forcing an outcome here, you know? So this leads me to have everybody reflect on what an attachment is. And I always like to define constructs like attachment or connection, for example, or even love or heartbreak. I like to identify them because in identifying what they look like, you can find them within yourself. And from that place, when you're consciously aware, that's the power you have over it. So whether you choose to respond on it in the same old way that you've had these feelings, these thoughts, or you choose to respond in a different way, that's the difference here. But if I never know that it's there, if I don't understand or identify what it is and what it does and what do I do with it, then, or how I respond to it, even more importantly, then I will never be able to change it. It will just kind of stay there and nothing gets better from that point on. So let's talk about what attachment means. You need to identify it within yourself if you find yourself attaching to others in a, in a, in a relationship. So usually an attachment deals with an expectation of how a relationship should look. It is all about ego. It is mind-oriented, where connection is heart-oriented or heart-centered. Attaching, attachment is mind-centered. It's like us carrying our baggage but not knowing it's there, and then I'm making this person... Uh, kind of risk. I'm, I'm putting my baggage on them. So for example, let's say I've been done wrong in the past. I'm going to make this new partner pay up for what's been done, what I think has been done to me in the past. And I don't trust men and you have to prove to me whether you're to be trusted or whatever the case is. Right. But again, in this case, I am, uh, spilling my baggage on another person. I'm not happy. So when I get into a relationship, guess what? I'm going to create same unhappiness. I can't, you know, I can't give what I don't have. Right. Uh, so the expectation with people that are, that create an attachment with one another is that they fill in a void for one another. Right. If I've, if I've been hurt, you, you're going to come and fix that part of me and make me happy again. Right. Or if I have low self-esteem, you're going to fill it in for me by telling me that I'm beautiful and you're going to reassure me <laughs> and you're going to be in charge of my reassurance because I, I just won't do it myself. I'm not in charge of my happiness at that point. You are. And so the attachment is just, again, you can see how it becomes a burden, right? Another way to think of an attachment, a person who's attached doesn't live in the present moment. They live either in the past or they live in making the future happen. And they perceive that they perceive the future in like trying to make things final and permanent. 
You know, they want to get married fast. They want labels quickly. They, they just can't take it easy. Go with the flow. It's like, it's pretty extreme though. Not appropriate. Not going with the flow. Not the nature of the relationship and understanding it. No, no, no. This one here is like forcing the outcome again, forcing things to be permanent, to be final, to be unchanged. You know, they, they just won't be happy until they have some sense of security, but again, it's a false sense of security because we cannot control people and certainly cannot control whether they stay with us or they leave. Yeah, they are of their own free will. So they can do whatever it is. And we're just not in acceptance. When we're attached, we're not in acceptance that the person is actually free, actually free to be with us or to not be with us. But we're in denial of that is the best way to say that. We're in denial of that when we're attached. So I hope that kind of gives you an idea what attachment is, because if you have it within you, it's understanding that it is not freedom. It's not the freedom to love. It is not everybody in there. They have to be, to be following a certain set of criteria. Each person in that relationship may have the need to be right. A lot of baggage is is playing out, right? Or I need to control that if I'm not going out, you can't go out because we're both together. And they care a lot about how this relationship looks more than the, the, the depth of the, of the relationship. In this relationship too, what I found, what I find is that people that are attached also tend to evaluate one another. They set each other up by criteria in their head, in the, in the back of their mind. And they evaluate the person based on that criteria. And if that person doesn't meet that criteria, then they perceive that they are lacking something or that they're, they're not happy. You can't make me happy. And they divert their happiness or their emotions, uh, and blame specifically, not that just divert, but they blame the other person for their emotions and where they're at. You see how entangled attachment is? It's a burden. It's a burden. Now, when we think of what a connection is, a connection is like, look, if an attachment is two palms and two, two sets, two hands interlaced with one another, that's what attachment is. Like there, one cannot move without the other. And eventually, since both of them know that they are free deep down inside. They're free. They have free will. They'll do whatever it is that they decide to do. And then, of course, the, the other person in the relationship is distraught, disappointed, depressed about the other person choosing to do whatever it is they wanted to do when they had this right all along. They had this right all along. So I notice people in attachment uh, tend to look at phones and check emails and check phone numbers. Who did you call? What did you do? Da, da, da. You know, they're in denial. They think that if they do all these things that somehow uh, they're able to control the outcome, that I can keep that guy or keep that girl with me if I check enough phones and emails and, and shit, right? And Facebook or whatever people do, right? Any variations of these is just a, it's, it's just a red flag, red flag, that, um, I'm, I'm attached. I'm, I'm two hand, two palms interlacing with one another. Now, 
think of and visualize a connection is are two palms that are close to one another. They're they're close to one another, um, and they can touch, right? But at any time, at any time, they can also step away from one another. They're not having to, they're not interlaced and intertwined with all these rules and these regulations that they, they just, they just have to move fingers and, you know, it gets really wild because I, you know, I can't in, un, unlace my fingers from another person. And it's like, ah, you know, this, think of two palms, not interlaced, but two palms that are separate in a, in a pose of meditation connecting with one another close palm to palm that's what a connection is and any time the palm can be separated but the palm is still whole it's it, it hasn't moved any anything it's still itself right without fingers going all over the place and have to readjust no the palm is as it is and when they come together, the palm still remains in the same position. When they move away, they're still same in the same. They still remain in the same position. That's what a connection is. Emotionally, two people know that they are free. They are whole, meaning they can they understand and have taken responsibility for their own happiness, their own self esteem, their own validation, self reassurance. They've done their work. They've done their work, right? And when they come together, it becomes about a heart-driven connection rather than a mind-driven connection. So it has its ups and downs, but they are free. They know they're free to be there or they're free to leave. They know that they, if they are unhappy at any time, they're not going to try to change the other person to fit, to, to make themselves happy. They're not going to try to force happiness with the other person, they're going to go within, they're going to go within to access their emotions, understand what they need to heal and take responsibility for to get themselves happier, which is a a beautiful thing. You got two people now in a partnership, more like it, right? In a partnership, in a collaboration while they're living their own journey, but they tend to share their journey with the other person, right? You know, we don't step into other people's full-blown journey and try to change their outcome, tell them what they need to be, what they need to say, what they need, how they need to love. (laughs) We we don't want to do all that. We don't want to do all that. (laughs) So a connection is effortless. It goes with the flow. It's about being in the present, we're not living in the past. We're not living in the future. And it has to be permanent. There has to be rules. They're in the present. They go with the flow. It doesn't require too much work because most of the work I'm doing is on myself, people. It'd be on myself if I'm in a connection, not on the other person, not evaluating the other person or judging them. It would be on myself. How beautiful. How beautiful. Also, it's always good to remember that relationships don't create connections. It is the connection itself that creates the relationship. You know, when I hear people, married couple that say, <laughs> you know, we have to work this out because we're married. 
Oh no, that's like a, a red flag because like I said, you know, relationships or the title of a relationship, whatever that may be, a marriage, a girlfriend and boyfriend, whatever is, does not a connection make that connection first has to be there. And it's acknowledged that it's a connection. Then people of their own free will can decide what next step they want to take, but they never forget that they're in a connection first. The label of whatever that connection is, is only a complement to that connection, not the most integral thing. I got to make this work because we're married. Does that make sense? It's pretty important for us to remember this distinction. It makes it easier for me <laughs> as a human being on this journey. So I hope that helps when we understand what connection and attachment is, then it gets easier to know where I need to start. I don't start with trying to change my partner. I don't try to evaluate them or uh, maybe communicate to death with them, right? If I got to see if a person is showing me their colors, why do I want to repaint it? Just see the colors. And then from that point, make the decision you need to make about your own happiness. But most of the time in an attachment, what ends up happening is that I'm not happy. And I think because I've, I haven't really pushed myself or had that awakening, I, I often want to make the other person alter themselves, change. I might communicate with them, communicate. We got to communicate. But the thing is, it's like we can communicate to death, but it's communicate doesn't mean to change their personality, to change you know, what they find as priority. And if they don't find this relationship a priority, good, you need to see it. If they don't find love to be a priority, cool, you need to see that. If you don't find that they perceive fidelity as a priority, again, great, you need to see that. We don't want to say to that person, we gotta, <laughs> we gotta, st we gotta stay monogamous because we're married. I mean, again, it keeps you in denial because the person can do whatever they want. So we're not trying to stop the person from doing whatever they want. The thing you need to see when you're living in the present moment is that if you are with them in that present moment, that you're enjoying them as they are. But if you happen to see that they are not being monogamous or faithful to you at that present moment, you get to decide. But if you are in the moment and your mind is going all the to the other stories or narratives, this person is is in love with somebody else. He's calling. He's he's calling somebody else. He's talking to someone else. He's looking at someone. Else. Like all that. What if? What if? What if? Uh, that's when you're not living in the present. You're you're just. It's it's an attachment, friends. That that's when it becomes a burden. Okay. Important for us to know all this to see it within ourselves, to admit it. The most important thing is to admit it, to admit the illusion and expose it that I've been living in about love. Call it what it is. You know, labels <clears throat> can be so important and useful, uh, but not to make things permanent and to just identify with that label and make it our own. That's not where I find this most use. But its use comes from like, if I, if I name it, I tame it. If I name it, I tame it. So if I'm able to label 
what's been going on with me, then I want to be able to work on it. I want to heal it. I want to make it better. I want to take responsibility for it and no longer become helpless to it and say, I'm, I'm, I'm wait for somebody to fix it in me rather than me going straight to the source and fixing it myself about myself and leaving people to fix themselves. And if they don't want to fix themselves, we got to make a decision in the present moment to do what we need to do about that to get happy, right? Whether I accept their personality and what they like to do and stay with them. And acceptance means acceptance. That means I don't try to alter them, right? Change them because I've accepted it. Or I can leave, right? And go on and move on in a different, in a different path. That's fine. You know, either way, you are free as a human being. Your partner knows they're free too. Even if they don't think they are, they know they're free. Deep down inside, our spirit, our soul knows it's free. It knows it's free. It has the will to think and feel whatever it wants. It has the will to be motivated by, what it, by whatever it wants to be motivated by. And that part, we can never see in another human being. You know, we can only see it in ourselves. And so for us to think that we can control all that in another human being is a false idea. We're selling something else. We're, we're going to be, we're just doomed for trouble. And I want to stop people from getting into trouble. <laughs> <laughs> as much as I can, <laughs> as much as I humanly can. I hope this helped you guys. I, I think it's um, so useful. And even talking about it to you guys, man, oh man, does it help engage more of a curiosity in me to look at different aspects of my own life and how I receive love and give love because it's important. I'm always working on myself, not people. On myself and maybe it's through that as deep as I have looked at myself determines how deep I will be able to look and see people and that's the benefit of us looking within ourselves honestly we're also going to see with honesty and compassion the characteristics of people that we're never going to say five years from now that, oh my God, when I first met this person, he was a great person. He was so perfect, but then he changed. No, the hell he didn't. He was always the same. He was always the same, but I don't want to admit I wanted what I wanted. I refused to see. I had an illusion about love and I wanted that person to maintain that illusion. I did whatever I could to help him main or helping help her maintain that illusion. I'm just, I, I wanted to, I wanted them to fit that criteria, you know? So I like understanding myself better. I like knowing myself with depth. So this way, when I'm looking at a person, I can also understand their depth as well and understand, understand them with depth. But if I don't look at myself with depth and self-honesty, then I'm going to understand them at that level, that level, at which point I'm living in a sleep state, I'm making decisions based on my illusions, my narratives on the inside, never checking them, making just making stuff happen, <laughs> you know, trying to control stuff. We want to wake up from that if we can in this lifetime so we can really get to loving freely. Again, thank you guys so much for joining me tonight. I'm sending you love and light. This has been an episode of Drive Through.